Let's pray together. Father, bless these that have been mentioned. Heal these that are in need of healing. Comfort those that are in need of healing. Uh, comfort the Pierce family, of course, and others who've uh, had just dramatic changes in their lives. And we ask you today that you would show favor to these that have been mentioned. And dear Lord, today we ask you to give us strength and your power. May we recognize that when we have Jesus, we have all we need. And Lord Jesus, we ask you to just touch us and, and, and reveal yourself, your love, because Lord, we need to know we, God loves us. And we know today, Lord, that everything in this world tells us just the opposite. But we know you're always for us, never against us. Bless this congregation. Pour your spirit out, O oh God. Let the power of God come and touch us like we've never sensed and are aware of before. We exalt you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Turn to Psalm 73. Things don't turn out like you think they should. And maybe it looks like everybody else is getting a free ride. You're not. Look at what Asaph, the worship leader for David, is saying. We've talked about this psalm before, but I wanted to mention because I believe it's so important. I want to talk about how we need to come back. God is setting the captives free. He's setting Christians free. They're, they're Christians, I've mentioned, that I believe have strongholds. They've thought a certain way, and it's not as the Word of God. It's not what God is saying to us. And strongholds built up in our minds, and the enemy comes in, and he just wreaks havoc as a result of that. And I want to tell you today, he's setting the captive free. There are people that are receiving freedom. And so if at any time you desire to have prayer by myself or our ministry team that we've been uh, working with and, and training and so forth on Wednesday night, just let me know and we'll do that. If something happens, when you bring things out in the light, it doesn't have the power like it would be if you hold it in. There is freedom because we're family here. There's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus, okay? You are not condemned. You're dearly loved by God himself. But the devil comes along and he says, he just peppers your mind with all this stuff. And it may be that you were, maybe had a rough upbringing. Maybe you've been, say, in a, in a rough uh, relationship. Or maybe it just seems like that you've been cast aside and nothing is happening in your life. And the devil will just hit you constantly there. I talked about here several weeks ago is a lot of times one of the things the enemy does is he isolates us. And that's why the body of Christ is so important. You know, it's kind of like when the sheep get in the, in the, in the herd there, they get together and all. And, and the predators will pick out that sheep that strays away from the group. And so we need to stay close together. We need to pray together. And we need to obviously share our lives in community together. And the enemy will not be able to come in. But when we get isolated, and that's what happens to people out, you know, in the community, is they never come into the body of Christ. They never come into the church house. They never have their faith strengthened. And the enemy has ripped them to shreds. And they believe all types of things. That's why many people are going into the occult today. That's why people are buying into a lie. And I want to tell you, but there's changes that's taking place. So if you need prayer in that way, you just say, I just don't have freedom in this. And you feel that freedom with myself or either with our team of people who everything is held confidential, then just let me know and we can gather and we can pray. And I believe that freedom is going to be granted, okay? I want to be free in Christ. ASAP, what was happening with this guy? 
He was in the presence of the Lord. He was in the manifest presence of the Lord. Actually, during this time, I believe they worshiped 24-7 in uh, the temple of David. And he had the praise that was going up and the sacrifices that were going up. And so we see here, Asaph had experienced the Lord in powerful ways. And yet what happened, we'll find out, is he believed a lie. So often, you know, the enemy doesn't come in with his pitchfork and his horns on. He's very deceptive, and he comes in with a lie. Asaph believed a lie. So if you would, again, Psalms 73, and if you would, someone read uh, verses 1 through 8, and then if somebody would read 9 through 16. Anybody like to read that? Verses 1 through 8, and then 9 through 16. God is good Thank you. Thank both of y'all for reading that. Asap is believing a lie. Intellectually, he goes, yes, I know God is good, but it looks like to me these over here are certainly being blessed a whole lot more than I do. They don't even believe in, in, in my God. And a lot of times that's what happens with us. See, we compare ourselves with other people. And a lot of times when we compare ourselves with other people, we always look and we say, well, they've got it better than I do. Their health is, is better than mine. They've got more things than what I have. They maybe are more uh, famed than I am. And we begin to compare ourselves with others. We begin to do what's called envy. And we know envy is a sin. We look at others. Instead of God giving God thanksgiving in all circumstances, for this is God's will for us in Christ Jesus, we don't follow the word of God. We get into a lie. And that's what happened with Faisal. He had a lot of stuff. He had been in the sanctuary of the Lord, and he had actually worshipped the Lord in the freedom that we know, obviously, in the manifest presence and the glory of God. And yet he came to this point in looking at other people's lives to a point of where he says in verse 2, But as for me, my feet had almost slipped. I had nearly lost my foothold. He said, I almost bailed on you, Lord. 
I almost forsook you. I almost walked away from you. A lot of people today have done that. When their loved one wasn't healed or maybe that loved one, something happened or maybe even in suffering, their loved one suffered throughout their walk with the Lord and family members observe and so forth. And sometimes they make a choice in saying, I don't want any part of that God. I don't want anything. And, and they bail on God because they see those things. You know, God never promises us a rose garden. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He does heal. He does obviously deliver. He does bless and bless. But sometimes the things don't come the way that we think. And a lot of times we just want to throw the towel in on God. And so, you know, I believe we're not alone if we somehow, maybe even our lives have come to that place and saying, looks like to me, everybody's better off I do. You got a bigger house, got a better car. Look at, look at how God, and they're not going to church on Sunday. They don't, want to, they don't pay any attention to God, and yet they seem to be doing well. Well, the crux of the problem is what we believe in our head, that there is a good God, and what we see with our eyes, unfairness and injustice, and they don't seem to match up. So the problem is either with what we believe or what we are seeing here. So he said in verse 3, For I envied the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. Asap saw the wicked and the things they had, and he envied them. He coveted their stuff. He coveted their life. And the beginning of Asap's problem was that he was viewing life through the eyes of sin. Mm. Through the eyes of sin. You start viewing life and your circumstances through the eyes of sin instead of the eyes of faith, and you will stumble every time. There's no way you can do it. You begin to look, and what you do is you buy into the argument that Satan provides for you very readily and very freely and consistently. You begin to talk like the enemy does. He saw the prosperity of the wicked, and he wanted what they had. Now, once we stop battling this sin or any sin in our lives, we give Satan an opportunity to get a foothold into our lives, and we start believing his lies, okay? First of all, many times we're not in the Word of God. We're not in the church house. We're not striving to obviously walk with the Lord and become more like Jesus. And the devil comes in, and he starts lying to us. And before long, again, I'm telling you, he doesn't come to you blatantly with the pitchfork and the horns on. He's very deceptive. He comes in, he slips in, and just begins to pepper us and tell us these things that we know just a little bit. Let's just distort the truth just a little bit. And that's what he does. And we begin to view life through the eyes of sin. And we'll fall every time. Because when we view life through the perspective of Satan, we see that certainly we've got an issue. And that's what happens. And that's why I said God is setting people free. A lot of times in our Christian life, I don't doubt people have accepted Christ. And when you believe that Jesus Christ is your Savior and Lord, and that you have him as your personal Lord and Savior, then I believe you're saved. You're baptized into the body of Christ, and you're saved. But a lot of times the enemy just says, okay, said, you know, I'm going um, to come in the side over here in a way you never thought he would, and he hits you. And you go, why doesn't he bother with everybody else? Why does he get on me? Because you're a Christian. Because you're a danger to what he wants to fulfill before he's cast into the eternal lake of fire. You are a danger to him. And those people that don't know Christ are already in his camp anyway. 
He doesn't bother them. They're already there. He doesn't have to bother with them. But he will certainly, if you start seeking the Lord, I've always told you, and you start pursuing the things of God, and you want to live a life of the Lord and be a follower of Jesus, I want to tell you, there'll be a bullseye on your back. There'll be a bullseye. And it seems like, golly day, why all of a sudden it seemed like everything was going good and all of a sudden these problems started happening one after the other. And look over there, they look like they're doing fine. And before long you believe it and going, well, I need to back off of this thing of following Jesus because it's a little bit tough here, you see. And I mentioned a couple weeks ago, as many people do not fulfill their destiny simply because they give up too soon. They don't pursue God. They don't continue on. The Bible says, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches today. He who perseveres will give you the crown of life. The one who pushes in, presses in to God Almighty. But a lot of times, you know, because we're tired and weary. And Daniel 7, I mentioned, is the enemy wearies the saints. He just wears you down. And he attacks when you're tired. He's looking, you're vulnerable, and you're tired. You're going through the muck and mire. You keep on going, and maybe, again, you're beginning to now accept the sin of envy in your life because it looks like everybody else doesn't have any problems, and you begin to just crawl through life and so forth, and before long, you think the enemy leaves you alone then? No, he hits you harder. He comes in on you. And that's why it's so important to put on the full armor of God. That's why it's so important that I'm going to share with you some things today I believe are really important. Because Asaph, if he had walked with the Lord, he was right there with David as his worship leader. I mean, if he needs help, and, and he almost slipped, let me tell you today. I want to tell you the potential is there. It could be for each one of us here. He said, they don't have any struggles. Looks like to me they're healthy. Looks like to me that the men, they're chiseled. You know? Y'all know what chiseled is? Huh? Y'all know, know what chiseled is. I'll go on. I always want to be chiseled. I go to the gym and I do sit up and sit up after. I'm still not chiseled out of all these years. I don't know what it is. I think it's genetic. So I'm going to give up on that, okay? It appears at times, at many times, that they don't have any struggle. But when sin creeps into our lives, we now open ourselves to the deceptions of Satan to believe the lies he tells us. He says they don't have any trouble. He says their marriage is perfect. Look at all that they have and the way they live. Uh, if there really is a God who allows them to do and regard it, disregarding him and they live the, quote, good life while you struggle in all aspects of life, what kind of God do you serve? Satan, believe me, you, that he tells you this. He'll tell Christians that. You know, you could have it a lot better over here if you just back off of this thing. You're starting to pursue the Lord. You begin to believe the promises of God. Isn't it a lot better? Just back off of that stuff. And let's give me a breather here. Satan doesn't give you a breather. And there's no way until we go to heaven, until we're with Jesus there. The lies after lies after. Well, the truth may be that they are better off financially. It may be they have better health. Maybe they've got more fame. That may be. But let me tell you today, they got problems also. You know, the lies that are being propagated even in the political realm today is unbelievable. I've never in my lifetime anyway, and you know, my short time here, I've never seen it. It's one lie after the other. People don't know where to turn. I'll tell you where to turn. Turn to the Word of God. Turn to God Almighty. Don't look at that mess. Pray for our leaders, but don't get into it because the lies that are purposed before long because a lot of people see have an open door. They have an open door in their mind, and they listen to the news reports, and they begin believing a lie. 
And what happens in any truth or any lie or any sin, what happens in a Christian's life is we open a door to our hearts. And you know what God again is doing is he is cleaning that mess out and then he's shutting the door. I want the door shut, don't you? And that can be done. And we do that through prayer. We, Lord, as the Lord leads us and the Spirit leads us for freedom in Christ. Our identity is in Jesus Christ and him alone. A lot of us have rough upbringings or maybe our lives have been tough and somehow we've been wounded. And a lot of times these things are not healed and we need prayer. So again, God's setting people free. When we obviously take the lie and draw an extreme conclusion, when we do that, we make wrong conclusions about our own life and how we're living. He goes on to say in 13 through 16, Surely in vain I've kept my heart pure. He said this. He said that, you know, I, surely I, I'm not thinking right here a little bit. And then he says, it isn't worth it. I strive to live a pure and holy life, and where does it lead me? Pain, heartache, and confusion. The unrighteous live an ungodly life, and where does that lead, lead and so forth? They, they seem to be have money and success and fame and all these things. You see all these people out here and all the lies, and they've got like boatloads of money. Everybody, you know, that money is one of the, one is power, sex, and money. Three temptations Satan hits you with. Those three things. Richard Foster wrote a book years ago about that. Money, sex, and power, I believe it was. But anyway, that's one of the three. He hits you with that. And he says it's not worth it here. It's to, obviously, all these, the truth has been distorted by sin and by Satan here. We don't have the complete picture. Now, the good part is. How do we stand firm on this journey of life here? Let's see what ASAP does. Verses 16 and 17. Patsy read it. When I tried to understand all this, it was oppressive to me. Till I entered the sanctuary of God. Something happens to ASAP. He's seen and not understanding all these things until he enters the sanctuary of God, until he gets into the presence of the Lord. When we do that, when we stop, and we get in and we begin to seek the Lord and we stop and we still our hearts and minds and come into the sanctuary of the Lord. It can be done at any place. It can be done at any time. And I want to share with you several things that are helpful that I have uh, learned here recently. I want to share with you. First of all is certainly how can I enter this sanctuary? First of all, you have to value the voice of God. All right. You have to value that. Do you want to hear from God? One of the most exciting things is, is listening to God and moving and being obedient to the Lord. That's exciting to me. I love that. And so the first thing is, is you get up, set an appointment with the Lord. Set an appointment with God. Set that appointment. Now, you say, but I'm busy. Well, all of us are busy. God comes to a prepared atmosphere. God comes to a prepared people. You've got to steal your hearts. Because we live in a busy, fast-paced world. Set an appointment with God. And obviously, it can be anywhere. Pick the time that you are at your best. I shared this Wednesday night with the people. Pick the time that you're at your best. I get up in the morning and I'll sit. But I'm not real good until probably after I've had a couple cups of coffee. And the caffeine kicks in. Boom. It jolts me. And I'm ready, then I'm okay. At first, I'm kind of like, boy, I'm getting out there. Let me just get into my chair, you know, and I'll run later on. But I wait, wait, get, make the best time of the day. Set that appointment with God. The second thing is, is be still and worship. 
Psalm 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. Be still. Now, you can ask the Lord, What song do you want me to sing to you today? Okay? Be still and worship. What song? You know what song I sing? The one we sang today. I didn't know Jerry was going to do that. Sing unto the Lord a new song. Sing unto the Lord all the earth. Sing unto the Lord a new song. And I will sing that. Okay? You can sing it in your heart. You don't have to sing it outward. Just sing it in your heart. Maybe it's an old blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Now, if you don't have a voice, and I don't either, so don't, I'm not going to carry it any further. But if you do have a voice that you know is screechy, like fingernails on a chalkboard and so forth, then sing it in your heart so the, do- the dogs won't howl outside. <laughs> sing it in your heart. The Lord knows, right? Sing. Ask the Lord, what song do you want me to sing? And see what comes to your mind. Maybe an old hymn that you've, you know, way back, or it may be a new course that you hear on the, uh, on the uh, KSBJ, or maybe one that's your favorite. Be still and worship, okay? The third thing is pray and read. So, what do you pray about? So, what do you pray about? You have many things. You know, the, the I think it's acronym, ACTS, A-C-T-S, and all. You can do that. But whatever, whatever is on your heart, pray about it. I ask the Lord, and I, the Lord, of course, brings the Pierce family to mind, and I'll pray for them, and I'll pray. Whatever's on your heart, pray and, and ask the Lord with that. Now, some people would say, well, Jim, where do I uh, start praying here and the, the the question well here's your bible i mean what i read what i read a lot of people would say well read the gospel of john and i read the uh of course mark and so forth and all if you need salvation read those two certainly but i suggest to you just read between the covers good news right read in the old testament maybe a chapter in the new testament a chapter proverbs read a proverb read a psalm read just begin reading at God. Pray and read, and then listen and write. One of the things that helped me, and I have not done this in recent years, but I'm going to begin again, and that is the journal. Write your prayers down. Watch what happens when you begin to write your prayers out. They get expounded. And then write the answer as much as you know. Listen to God. Listen to what he's saying. You value his voice? Listen. And write down what you think he's saying. Just write it down. You can, you'll be surprised. You may start out thinking you're just going to write a couple sentences or whatever. You'll begin writing and writing and writing. Do those things. How do you enter into the sanctuary of God? Get, be still before the Lord. Start reflecting upon truth. The truth in God's word is very important. And your relationship with Jesus. That's one way of doing it. I'm not legalistic about that and say you have to do it like that. You can do it in McDonald's with your earphones on. Sitting there and writing it out, maybe. Maybe some people do. Some people go to McDonald's. Some people go to, well, not just some, but everybody goes to Starbucks. Right? Phil doesn't. In Virginia, Virginia, do you go to Starbucks? Okay, they don't go to Starbucks. But everybody else does. <laughs> no, but you know what I'm saying. Just get wherever the place is and where you're at your best. You're awake and alert. And maybe that just kind of block everything out. 
and begin to sing in your heart. I wouldn't suggest singing with your earphones in, blasting in Starbucks. Sing unto the Lord, okay? Because people hear that. Just get along with the Lord and sit. You enter the sanctuary of the Lord, you begin to see something different there. Obviously. Um, Asap was saying, there looks like everybody's doing real well. But then he said, from an eternal perspective, I know their destination. They will eventually be cast out of the presence of the Lord. And you know what that says to me? Actually, it says that I need to be more diligent in my evangelism and being alert for people that don't know Jesus. Okay? I need to obviously really have a heartfelt burden for people who don't know Jesus. We live here in Houston, Texas on a mission field. We don't have to go anywhere. There are people next door. There are people all over who are not in the church house today. Many of them, obviously, the church doesn't save you. Jesus saved you. But many of them don't know Jesus. And when I saw this, ASAP said, I understood from God's perspective, and I understood the eternal. They are no longer be cast out from the presence of the Lord. I began to see with eyes of faith. Everything is by faith, right, in the kingdom of God. Moses lived... Remember, by viewing life through the eyes of faith. Let me read in Hebrews 11. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger, he persevered because he saw him who is invisible. He saw Jesus. He saw him who was invisible. He was persevering. We need a revelation of Jesus in our heart, don't we? And when we stop and we enter into a sanctuary, we get still, begin, and get that clutter out of our lives. I believe somehow God comes to a prepared people, and then he can reveal himself in that way and touch us. You know what will set you free? I've always said is knowing God loves you. Because sometimes we're not told that even by parents. Maybe sometimes we were raised in an environment where there was conflict and all types of things going on. And even if you know God loves you, we need a fresh revelation of God's love for us. Set you free. It has set you free. You'll be able to live. Because, you know, when David sinned against him, against God, in Psalm 51, he says, um, you alone have I sinned against you. When we know that when we sin, that we break the heart of God, that's when you will truly repent. If we only repent because we don't want to face the consequences, it will not obviously have the fullness of repentance. But when we get to a point where we're so tender before the Lord that we'll not do anything that displeases him, and we come to that place and saying, Lord, I don't want to break your heart no matter what. That's when you know true repentance has come in. It's godly sorrow leads to true repentance. So God is saying today, it has come before him. Because Asap saw his envy for the sin and then he repented of it. And you know, I continue, as I continue to walk with the Lord and all, God shows me things. And I repent and turn away from it. We see our sin. I realize that I haven't walked by faith. I have not walked as I should have walked. 
God is good, even when life doesn't seem fair. Even when it looks like everything is going the opposite way. We need to enter the sanctuary of God. We need to get alone. We need to hear from the Lord. Hear God speaking through his word, through his voice to us, through impressions, maybe faint impressions that we have talked about. I've talked about even before. Little down, little whisper. The still, small voice of God hearing that little whisper of God. When it does, it sets you free. Exercise your faith and know that God is good. And no matter what you see, don't compare yourself with everybody else. Be determined in your heart that God is the one that we'll look to. Does he love us? Yes. He sent Jesus. He proved it, didn't he? So is God for us? Yes, he proved it. Because he walks with us day by day. The only God where there's a relationship you can have with him, the rest of them, you got to do something to try to earn it. We don't have to earn God's favor. It's given there by grace through faith. And so as we open our hearts to him, we realize that he comes in like a flood. He touches us. He's standing waiting. He's just wanting us to talk to him. You know, I use Cindy and our grandson Rex as an example. Over time, you know, when they start out and they begin to talk a little bit. They just say a few things and, and they're, it's like jibber-jabber, you know. What would you do as parents or grandparents? You're just like, yeah, look, he just said this. Or she, didn't he, didn't he say this? Didn't he say that? You know, yeah, yeah, he did. He did. It probably didn't make any sense to anybody else. But for the parents and grandparents, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, he spoke. Come on, can't you just wait for the day to where he's, he or she is talking to you? Oh, yeah, yeah. So Rex now, he's talking a little bit more. And I'm sitting there, and we're driving along. He's in the car seat back there. Cindy's sitting back there with him and all that. And he's talking along. I go, what did he say? What did he say? I, I didn't. And Cindy will tell me, he said this. He said this. And you're just like, your ear is so attentive to that little voice. Don't you know your Heavenly Father's the same way? Hallelujah. He says, talk to me. I love to hear you. And you think sometimes you're coming with a grocery list of this and that and all that stuff and, and all. And, and yes, that's great. But he said, I, I just want communion with you. I just want fellowship with you. I just want to hear your voice. I just want you to talk to me. I just want to hear you. God doesn't necessarily need us in that way. But because of the heart of love and God, voluntarily, as we listen and we speak, and it's a relationship back and forth. And when you enter the sanctuary of God, just like Asaph did, he said, I almost lost it. I almost bailed on you, Lord. But when I entered the sanctuary of the Lord, he said, that's when I came back to my senses. And I realized the valued presence of the Lord and how great and how blessed I am. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. And a lot of people got a lot more than I do, certainly. And a lot of people got a whole lot less than I do, certainly. But I've seen and I've visited with many who have a whole lot less than I, Jim Barcliffe does. And let me tell you, they're praising God. Many of them have gone out into eternity praising God. And they didn't have hardly anything in their lives, but they had Jesus. And the question is today, do you have Jesus in your heart? Do you know him? 
Have you really just committed your life to him? Is he Lord? Is he just someone maybe we know, we've heard about, and maybe I believe in Jesus, yes. But I'm talking about do you follow him every day? Do you value his voice? Do you value the relationship that you have with him? That's the question here today. Because you see, God's doing great things, and he always has and always will. But he's looking for a people who are called by his name, who have been called out of darkness into his marvelous light to praise him. He's calling forth a priesthood. That's what he says we are. We are a priesthood of believers. I'm going, wow. That's a lofty title, isn't it? Yes, it is. But you actually gained that title, not because you've done anything for it, but because you've placed your trust in Jesus. Today is the day. Whatever the need is of his healing, or maybe you just maybe need a fresh breeze of his spirit blowing across your heartstrings, God will do that for you. Maybe you say, I just need a fresh filling of the spirit of God. I'll pray for you in just a second about that. That God would touch you. And God would draw you into his bosom so close, so intimately that you can sit there in his lap and look up into his eyes and know what a wonderful Heavenly Father we have. When we enter that sanctuary, God says, then I understood how blessed I am. That was Asaph. And we're the same way. God said today is the day of salvation. Let's pray together. Almighty God, we thank you for this wonderful day you've given us. We thank you for your presence in this place. We honor you and glorify you. We thank you for what you're doing in our lives. We thank you for what you're doing here at Lighthouse Fellowship. We bless the work of your spirit. If there be someone here who's never been saved, never really accepted Christ in their life, today would be the day that they bow their hearts, or maybe just a renewal of their faith. Either way, today would be the day that they say, Lord Jesus, I need just the, you to come. And I know you're in my life, but I need you to come in and just flood me and immerse me in your presence and your love. Today would be that day. Maybe someone here just needs a refreshing. They're, they're weary. And the enemy, as spoken of in Daniel, said they just he, he's here. He wears out the saints. We're worn out because we've been in a spiritual warfare day in and day out. And we need just a fresh and filling of the Spirit of the Lord. Thank you. Just open your heart to it. Lord, I ask you, Holy Spirit, release that in people's lives in this place today. Receive that fresh and filling of fresh baptism with the Holy Spirit of God. With power and with fire. Thank you, Lord. Bless every person here. May we serve you without hesitation and due diligence. Because, dear Lord, today, time's getting short. Time's getting short. And we ask you today that you would use us to build up people. Build in the kingdom of God because it's your work. But we're praying that you'd send forth the laborers. Because, no, we know the fields are ripe for harvest. Bless us, O oh God. Fill us afresh. In your glorious presence, we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.